السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لساني يبقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما باب نمبر 17 باب فضل صلاة العصر The excellence, the virtue, the importance of the عصر prayer Meaning what's the reward? How important is it? We know that all five prayers are mandatory and when an action is mandatory, it is fard, it is wajib, then we know that it is also most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in a hadith Qudsi, what do we learn? That of the most beloved actions to Allah are which ones? Those which He has made obligatory on His servant. Because when He performs them, then He draws closer to Allah. And then what happens? When a person performs voluntary good deeds, then He draws even closer to Allah. So of the five prayers, the fard prayers, which one is most important? Some scholars, they said, Asul prayer is the most important. Next in importance is Fajr. Why is Asul prayer so important? Because we learned earlier that if a person misses their Asul, then it is as though they have lost their entire family and their property. This is how serious it is. So what is the virtue of Salatul Asr? It is made clear in another hadith, which is حدثنا الحميدي قال حدثنا مروان بن معاوية قال حدثنا إسماعيل عن قيس عن جرير قال كنا عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فنظر إلى القمر ليلة He said we were with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم So he looked, meaning he looked at إلى القمر at the moon ليلة in the night So it shows that they were sitting with the Prophet ﷺ during the night. And what happened? The Prophet ﷺ looked at the moon. And the moon, يَعْنِي الْبَدْرَ It was the full moon. فَقَالَ So he said, إِنَّكُمْ Indeed you سَتَرَوْنَ رَبَّكُمْ Soon you will see your Lord. كَمَا تَرَوْنَ Just as you see هَذَا الْقَمَرَ This moon. You see this moon so clearly? Just like that one day you will see your Lord. And how will you see him? لا تضامون في رؤيته You will not be harmed in seeing him. Meaning when you're looking at him, you will not suffer any harm. تضامون تضامون is basically from the word ضم ضاد ميم ميم And what does ضم mean? To join. تضامون Joining with one another. When a whole lot of people are trying to look at one person, then what happens? They are joining with each other, pushing into one another. Think about a very important person if they are in a public place. So what happened? Crowds gather around them. And in order for an ordinary person to go and see them or go and greet them, what happens? They have to push into other people. And as they are standing in the front, again they are pushed from all around them. But the Prophet ﷺ said that when you will see your Lord, you will not have any such difficulty in looking at Him. Just like when the moon, full moon is up in the sky, then do you have any difficulty looking at that moon? No, you don't. You can see it from far, so easily, comfortably, everybody can see. Just like if there's a person, you know, for instance, in, in some auditoriums you see that where the speaker is standing, it's low, that place is low, all right? And the rest of the people, they're sitting high. So what happens? Everybody can see easily. So likewise, if something is high and the people are low, they can also see very easily. So لا تضامون في رؤيته Another harm 
that a person might think of at this time is that when Musa alayhi salam, he requested to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what was he told? Lan tarani. You will not be able to see me. Why? Because you're in this world and you have the eyes you have right now. And with those eyes, a person cannot see Allah. La tudrikul absar. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cast some of his light on the mountain, what happened to the mountain? Ja'alahu dhakka'a. Right? And Musa alayhi salam, kharra sa'iqa. He fell unconscious. He couldn't handle it. Now a person might be afraid that if we are to see Allah in the hereafter, would the same thing happen to us? The Prophet ﷺ said, No, لا تضامون في رؤيته You will not be harmed at all in looking at your Lord. فَإِنْ إِسْتَطَعْتُمْ So if you are able, أَلَّا تُغْلَبُوا That you are not overcome. عَلَى صَلَاتٍ On the prayer. Which prayer? قَبْلَ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ Before the rising of the sun. وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا And before its setting. The two prayers. Which prayers are these? Before the rising of the sun. Fajr. Before the setting of the sun, Asr. So these two prayers, if you can manage to not be overcome by anything, Faf'alu, then do that. Meaning, perform these prayers on their proper times. Thumma qara'a. Then he recited, وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ قَبْلَ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ وَقَبْلَ الْغُرُوبِ Glorify your Lord when? Before the rising of the sun and before the setting. Meaning, Perform the salah, sabbih over here means salli. Perform the salah at fajr time and at asr time. Qala Ismailu, Ismail the narrator, he said, If'alu la tafutannakum. The Prophet ﷺ statement, Faf'alu, what does that mean? That la tafutannakum, make sure that you do not miss these prayers. Why? What's the connection over here? That if you miss these prayers, then you might miss out on seeing the face of your Lord in the hereafter. Seeing Allah in the hereafter with so much ease and so frequently is dependent on what? On performing these two prayers at their proper timings. And if a person does not perform these prayers at their proper timings, then his seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is at risk. So this shows to us the virtue of Asr Salah and also Fajr Salah. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال حدثنا مالك عن أبي الزناد عن الأعرج عن أبي هريرة أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said يتعاقبون فيكم ملائكة بالليل يتعاقبون What does يتعاقبون mean? From عقب عقب is heel عقب يتعاقب is to follow one another That when one goes the other comes. So it is basically to come in shifts. Okay, to come, how? While taking turns. So one comes, the other goes. The other comes back, the first one goes. So, يَتَعَاقَبُونَ fikum. They come by turns. Who? مَلَائِكَةٌ Angels. And fikum in you, what does it mean? To attend to you. Meaning, in order to watch you, in order to record your deeds, in order to guard you, in order to see what you're doing. So, يَتَعَاقَبُونَ فِيكُمْ مَلَائِكَةٌ Angels, they come how? بِاللَّيْلِ in the night. وَمَلَائِكَةٌ and other angels. When is their time? بِالنَّهَارِ with the day. So, some angels, their shift is for the night and the other angels, their shift is for the day. وَيَجْتَمِعُونَ And they gather. فِي صَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ وَصَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ They gather, meaning all the angels, the angels of the night and the angels of the day, all of them are present at two times. Which two times? 
في صلاة الفجر at the time of Fajr prayer and secondly وصلاة العصر and at the time of Asr prayer. So at these two times all the angels are present. Why? Because one group is coming and the other is leaving. ثُمَّ يَعْرُجُ الَّذِينَ بَاتُوا فِيكُمْ Then what happens? يَعْرُجُ He ascends. Who? الَّذِينَ بَاتُوا فِيكُمْ Those who spent the night with you. The angels who spent the night with you, what happens? Then they go. They go to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who sent them. فَيَسْأَلُهُمْ Then He asks them. وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِهِمْ While He is most knowing of them. Meaning He knows exactly about what His people were doing, what His servants were doing. Yet He asks the angels, كَيْفَ تَرَكْتُمْ عِبَادِي How did you leave my servants? فَيَقُولُونَ So they say, تَرَكْنَاهُمْ وَهُمْ يُصَلُّونَ We left them while they were praying. وَأَتَيْنَاهُمْ وَهُمْ يُصَلُّونَ And we came to them while they were praying. So what does it show? That daily report is given to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Regularly. Allah knows. وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِهِمْ But still He asks, He inquires why? in order to give due importance to these two prayers. Because when do you ask about something, even if you know what happened? When it is important. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks the angels about the servants, what they were doing when they came and when they left, and the angels say that they were praying, it shows that the Fajr Salah and Asr Salah is so important. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a special report concerning it. And if a person is sleeping, or if they're too busy, then what's the report that's going to be given? Because in the previous hadith, what did we learn? The Prophet ﷺ said, لا تغلبوا Make sure you are not overcome. Overcome by what? At these two times, what is it that overcomes a person? At Fajr time, it's sleep. And at Asr time, it's work. And literally it is as though a person is overcome. So over there, he has to rise up and he has to throw off these things and get up and pray. And remind himself that the angels are going to tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if the report is not good, then what's going to happen on the Day of Judgment? Will I be deprived from seeing my Lord? Bab man adraka raka'atan min al-asri qabl al-ghurub. Man adraka, the one who gets, meaning the one who manages to catch raka'atan, even one raka'a min al-asr from asr prayer, qabl al-ghurub before sunset. Meaning, what if a person he intended to pray Salatul Asr on its proper time, which is the early time. However, because of some genuine reason, what happened? It just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And this is for a genuine reason. Okay? Remember, there are two reasons why a person delays. One is procrastination. And procrastination, why? Because of the fact that he is enjoying something else more. Or something of this world seems to be more important and necessary, whereas in reality it's not that important. It's not that necessary. So for example, a person is talking on the phone. It may seem like, yes, it's urgent. But is it actually urgent? Is it actually urgent? No. Unless there is an emergency somewhere and you are giving life-saving instructions to somebody on the phone, that is a different situation. However, if it's just casual conversation on the phone, and because of that, a person is deferring, deferring, I'll just get up in five minutes, I'll hang up in ten minutes. And like that, he ends up delaying his salah until the very end. What is that? Salah of who? Of a munafiq. Because he's seeing the time of asr slipping away, but what is he doing? Deferring and deferring. So the ulama have said that if a person defers it in this way, without a genuine reason, then if he performs the salah at 
the last time, meaning right before Maghrib, then he will not get the reward of the prayer. Even if he performs a prayer a thousand times, he will not get that reward. Why? Because he deferred it for no genuine reason. He just procrastinated. It's like if a person is lying down in bed, they are awake. But what do they say? I'll get up in five minutes. I'll get up in ten minutes. Snooze again and snooze again. And somebody comes and wakes them up and they say, wake me up in ten minutes. I'll be up in five minutes. And they keep deferring and deferring like that until the sun is up and it's bright. So who's responsible over there? The person is responsible. That we also learn in a hadith that when a person, when a believer is buried, meaning he dies and he's buried and the angels come to question him, he sees the sun setting. And he says, my salah, asr salah, I have to perform my asr salah. Why? Because he is so used to performing asr salah regularly that even at that time he will think it's necessary for him to pray. However, he's not required to pray at that time. So, if a person defers because of procrastination, remember that if he performs a salah even a thousand times, he's not going to be rewarded. Because he has deferred his salah until the very end. Second is, some genuine reason. Like for example, a person was actually sleeping. And deep sleep. They heard no alarms, even though they said it. Nobody came to wake them up because they thought they were already awake or they didn't know they were sleeping. Okay, this is a genuine reason, all right. And as soon as a person wakes up, they realize ten minutes to maghrib. Not that they were delaying; they were actually in deep sleep. Likewise, some emergency. A person is on the road. They are out, heavy traffic, and let's say they're on the highway. You can't even exit. You can't even to stop the car and pray. So by the time you get out and you can pray, there's like ten minutes left for maghrib only. So in this situation. Should you pray or should you leave the prayer? No, you should still pray the salah. Because man adraka raka'atan min al-asri qabl al-ghurub, the one who gets in one raka'ah of asr before sunset, even that person should pray. What's the evidence? Haddathana Abu Nu'aymin, qala haddathana shayban, an Yahya, an Abi Salamata, an Abi Hurayrata, qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَا أَدْرَكَ أَحَدُكُمْ سَجْدَةً مِنْ صَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ إِذَا أَدْرَكَ When he finds when he gets ahadukum one of you sajdatan even one sajda min salatil asri from the asr prayer qabla an taghruba shamsu before the sun sets then what should he do fal yutimma salatahu then he should complete his prayer wa idha adraka and when he gets sajdatan min salatil subhi one sajda from the morning prayer meaning the fajr prayer qabla an tatla'a ash-shams before the sun rises then he should complete the prayer. So for example, a genuine reason. A person realizes 10 minutes left. He gets up immediately, performs his wudu, and stands in order to pray. And by the time he finishes one rakah, he hears the adhan. Or he hears the beep of maghrib. So in that situation, what should he do? Break his prayer? No. He should complete the prayer. But this will be when he manages to complete one rakah before sunset. One rakah. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said, Sajdatan. So this shows to us that a rakah is complete how? With a sajda. If a person manages to do only takbir, only takbir, maghrib happens, then? No. Because they have not caught the prayer. Okay? Sajdatan over here, ulama have said, it means rakah. 
you should have caught one rakah. And based on this, the scholars have also said that if, for example, a person joins the Jumrah Salah, okay, they come in late, a man. And what happens? The imam is in the tashahud. Then they've lost the entire prayer. So in that case, they have to perform, either find another Jumrah or they have to perform Salat al-Zuhur. Why? Because in order for you to catch the prayer, you should have at least completed one rakah. That's the bare minimum requirement. If it's less than a rakah, then the jama'ah was not caught. Then the salah was not caught. It has been missed. حدثنا عبد العزيز بن عبد الله قال حدثني إبراهيم عن ابن شهاب عن سالم بن عبد الله عن أبيه أنه أخبره أنه سمع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول The Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said إنما بقاؤكم Indeed your stay بقاء means to stay, to remain Basically بقاء over here gives the meaning of your time of existence فيما compared to that which سلف قبلكم has passed before you who has passed before you? Min al-umami. From the nations. Meaning, your time compared to the time of the nations that have passed before you. And your time means the Muslim ummah. So the time, the period of existence of the Muslim ummah compared to the period of existence of the previous nations like the Yahud and the Nasara is kama just as bayna salat al-asri ila ghurub al-shams. Like the time between Asr and the setting of the sun. So from the entire day, from the beginning of the day, awalun nahar until Asr. That is the example of the previous nations. And from Asr until sunset is the example of who? The Muslim Ummah. Clear? This is the time period, an example that the Prophet ﷺ is giving of the time period of existence of the previous nations compared to the Muslim Ummah. Is it clear? Confused? Give me an answer so I know if I should explain or not. Should I explain again or should I not explain? Okay. So the Prophet ﷺ said, كَمَا بَيْنَ صَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ إِلَىٰ غُرُوبِ الشَّمْسِ Your time is like what? Between Asr until the setting of the sun. So what does it mean? Before that time is a time of who? The previous nations. If your time is between Asr and the setting of the sun, then the time of the previous nations is what happened before Asr. Okay, and this will be clear from the hadith. Utiya ahlu Tawrati. The people of the Torah were given. What were they given? Al Tawrata. They were given the Torah. Fa'amilu. So they performed their actions. Hatta until idan tasaf nahar until half of the day. So what does this show? That the Jews, their time was from when to when? Morning, awalun nahar, until half the day. Arjazu. What happened? Hatta idan tasaf nahar until the day was half, arjazu, they got tired and they just gave up. So what happened? فَأُعْطُوا qiratan qiratan. So they were given qirat qirat. Meaning, qirat is a huge amount, meaning that much reward. Each person was given qirat qirat for their amal. ثُمَّ أُوْتِيَ أَهْلُ الْإِنْجِيلِ Then the people of Injil were given. What were they given? Al-Injila. So what happened? فَعَمِلُوا So they did their amal إِلَى صَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ Until the time of Asr. Okay? So from half day until Salatul Asr was the time of who? The Christians. ثُمَّ عَجَزُوا Then they also gave up. 
they got tired, they gave up. فَأُعْطُوا قِرَاطًا قِرَاطًا So they were given قِرَاط قِرَاط for their efforts. ثُمَّ أُوتِينَ الْقُرْآنِ Then we were given the Qur'an, meaning the Muslim Ummah. فَعَمِلْنَا إِلَى غُرُوبِ الشَّمْسِ So we did amal until when? The setting of the sun. Notice, it hasn't been said that we gave up. Rather, what has been said, فَعَمِلْنَا إِلَى غُرُوبِ الشَّمْسِ فَأُعْطِينَا قِرَاطَيْنِ قِرَاطَيْنِ So we were given two qirat each. Meaning double reward was given to the Muslim Ummah. فَقَالَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابَيْنِ So the people of the two books, the people of the two scriptures, meaning the Yahud and the Nasara, they said, أَيْ رَبَّنَا Why our Lord? أَعْطَيْتَ You gave هَؤُلَاءِ These people, meaning the Muslim Ummah, قِرَاطَيْنِ قِرَاطَيْنِ why did you give them two qirat? وَأَعْطَيْتَنَا قِرَاطًا قِرَاطًا And you gave us one qirat only. وَنَحْنُ كُنَّا أَكْثَرَ عَمَلًا And we were more in our actions. How? Because the time from awalunha until half day, okay, is more than the time between asr and sunset. Isn't it so? So if their time was more, that means their actions were more. So, وَنَحْنُ كُنَّا أَكْثَرَ عَمَلًا قَالَ he said, قَالَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, هَلْ ظَلَمْتُكُمْ Did I wrong you مِنْ أَجْرِكُمْ From your reward مِنْ شَيْءٍ Anything at all? Meaning, did I give you less reward for your actions? قَالُوا لَا They said, no. قَالَ فَهُوَ فَضْلِي He said, so this is my fadl. أُوْتِيهِ مَنْ أَشَاءَ I give it to whomsoever I will. Now, why does Imam Bukhari mention this hadith to prove that you can perform Asr Salah even right before sunset. Because in this hadith, what do we see? The time of Asr is from the time it begins until when? Until the setting of the sun. Ghurub shams Okay? So if before Ghurub shams a person manages to pray even one rakah, then he will catch the entire prayer. Even though he is performing three rakat as the sun is setting or after the sun has set. So from this hadith, we learn about the time of prayer. But otherwise, this hadith, what does it mean? Basically in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is explaining the age of, you can say, this world. That it can be compared to an entire day. From beginning of the day until half the day was when the Nasara were. After that, until the time of Asr was when the Yahud were. And then from Asr until sunset is when the Muslim Ummah is. Now we don't know when that Awalun Nahar began and we don't know when that sunset will come. This is just to give us an idea, just so that we can compare that the time period of this Ummah from Asr until Maghrib. And also this hadith shows to us that Qiratan Qiratan, each person of the Ummah was given Qirat, meaning each person was given according to his efforts. Now we'll read the next hadith and then a few points about this hadith will become clear. حدثنا أبو كريب قال حدثنا أبو أسامة عن بريد عن أبي بردة عن أبي موسى عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مثل المسلمين واليهود والنصارى The example of the Muslims and the Jews and the Christians is like what? كمثل رجل Like the example of a man. استأجر قوما who hires some people, يَعْمَلُونَ له عَمَلًا To do some work for him. Until when? إِلَى اللَّيْلِ Until the night. So basically he hires them at the beginning of the day, and he asks them to do some work for him until 
the night time. So basically until the end of the day. فَعَمِلُوا So they did work إِلَى نِصْبِ النَّهَارِ Until half the day. فَقَالُوا So they said لَا حَاجَةَ لَنَا إِلَى أَجْرِكَ We have no need of your reward. Meaning we don't want your wage. Keep it with yourself. We quit. So they quit. فَاسْتَأْجَرَ So he hired آخرين, some other people. فَقَالَ So he said أَكْمِلُوا Complete بَقِيَّةَ يَوْمِكُمْ For the remaining of your day. For the remainder of your day. Meaning complete until the end of the day. وَلَكُمْ And for you الَّذِي شَرَطْتُ That which I stipulated. Meaning you will get your reward. You will get your wage. فَعَمِلُوا So they did their work. حَتَّى Until إِذَا كَانَ Until it was حِينَ Time of صَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ Until it was the time of Asr. قَالُوا They said لَكَ مَا عَمِلْنَا You can keep what we did. Meaning you can keep the wage. We don't want it. We quit. فَاسْتَأْجَرَ So he hired قَوْمًا Another people. فَعَمِلُوا So they worked بَقِيَّةَ يَوْمِهِمْ The remainder of their day حَتَّى Until غَابَتِ الشَّمْسِ The sun set. وَاسْتَكْمَلُوا And they took in full أَجْرُ الْفَرِيقَيْنِ The reward of the previous two groups. So what happened? The previous two groups, what did they do? They said, we quit, we quit, you keep the wage, we don't want anything. They left. The third group, what did they do? They worked until... Until it was complete. Until the time that was agreed upon. So what did they get? Just the wage for that time? No. For the entire work. Why? Because they completed it. Is it unfair that the previous two didn't get their reward? No. It was because they quit themselves. They said, we don't want to do this. And you keep your money. We don't want anything from it. So they left themselves. So what do we learn from here? That every work... That is begun. Eventually, it comes to an end. Right? Every work that is started, eventually, it reaches its completion. Is that so? Yes. Whether it's some course, or it's some contract, or it's a small task, big project, small project, eventually, it comes to its end. Some people, they leave before time. They quit halfway through. Or, what do they do? Just before it's going to end, they leave. They say, we can't do it. So what do they get? In the previous hadith, qirat, qirat. Just one qirat each. Whatever they managed to get in that time, they got it. That's it. But there are others who complete the work, who stick around until the work reaches its completion. And what do they get? Qiratain. Double reward. One, for completing the work. And secondly, why? Because of their consistency. Because of their efforts. Because remember that إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِخَوَاتِيمِهَا Actions, their reward is based on how? How they end up. Because starting something is very interesting. Why? Because everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it, let's do it too. But not everyone takes their work seriously. Some people, they get distracted by other things and they leave halfway through. They don't want to continue anymore. And what do they say? You can keep what we have done so far, we are not interested anymore, we quit, bye. And they walk away. Who do they deprive over there? Themselves. Who's going to suffer? They're going to suffer. Alright? So, who's the fortunate one? The one who starts, and he completes it. And when he will complete it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless him more. And you see over here, that in the previous hadith, ajazu, they gave up. In this hadith, لَا حَاجَةَ لَنَا لَكَ مَا عَمِلْنَا 
We have no need. You can keep what we did. I quit attitude. So this kind of attitude is something that doesn't benefit a person. Then we also see over here in this hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He bestows His favor on whomsoever He wills. But definitely, that depends also on the servant. That with what attitude was he working? The Yahud and Nasara, they got qirat in the previous hadith. That's what we learned. Why? For their amal. But the Muslim ummah, qiratain. Qiratain. Why? Because they did not give up. The previous nations, what did they do? They changed their books. They altered the deen. But the Muslim ummah, the book is preserved. Even though there are many deviations, but still the haqq is preserved by at least some people. Look at the efforts of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. That how much he strove to preserve the truth. He was beaten, he was publicly humiliated, he was jailed. But still, he stuck to it. He didn't give up. So people who have this kind of attitude, who stick it out through the difficulties, then for them is double reward. And when the Yahud and Nasara, in the previous hadith we learned that they complained that how come you gave double to the Muslim ummah and to us you gave only one. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? This is my fadl. I give to whomsoever I will and I did not deprive you. So this shows to us another very important lesson which is that when you have two people and you give to both of them their haqq. Both of them are given their haqq. But then one, you give him more, extra, fadl. Is that injustice? It's not injustice. Why? Because both were given their haqq. It would be injustice if one is deprived of his haqq and the other is given that. Like for example, amongst children, if a person is giving a gift, then he's supposed to be equal in them. Why? Because all of them deserve it. But let's say, if he gives to all three children, thousand, 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 but one of the children is more obedient, is more caring, you know, he's striving more, then in that case, the parents, they give him 500 more. Is that dhulm? Is that injustice? It's not. Is that favoritism? No, it's not. Why? Because the other two children were also given their share. So in this case, it's not injustice. Injustice is when one is deprived and the other is given. Bab waqtil maghrib. The time of maghrib. The time of maghrib begins immediately after the time of asr ends. Because like we learned earlier, the four prayers from zuhur until isha, their timings are connected. Meaning as one ends, the other begins immediately after. So the time of maghrib begins immediately after the time of asr ends, meaning when the sun sets. Until the twilight or the red afterglow has faded. Because once the sun sets, you see this redness in the sky. Different shades, different colors. And then eventually what happens? It disappears and it's only darkness. So when that red afterglow has faded, it has disappeared from the sky, then the time for Maghrib has ended. The time of Isha has begun. Now in some parts of the year or in some places, this red twilight, it never completely disappears. Or it takes very long Sometimes an hour, sometimes two hours, and sometimes it just never disappears completely. So in that case, the scholars have said that the people will perform their Isha, or they will consider Maghrib to have ended, when the closest place to them, the closest place to them, their Isha has begun. Okay, so for example, let's say from a certain place, 
let's say at a distance of a thousand miles, that place, the darkness comes in one hour after the sun sets. So they will also follow the same thing. What will they do? They will start Isha one hour after the sun has set. Is it clear? So they will go according to the closest place. So Bab Waqt al Maghrib. وَقَالَ عَطَاءٌ أَنْ عَطَاءٌ said يَجْمَعُ الْمَرِيضُ بَيْنَ الْمَغْرِبِ وَالْعِشَاءِ He said a sick person, he can join Maghrib and Isha. Meaning he can perform both of them together. Why? Because if he's too sick to get up for Maghrib and then rest again and then get up again for Isha, then his sickness will worsen. Because sometimes it happens that a person is so sick they're not able to sleep. And finally when they sleep, it's time to pray, so they are made to wake up. Or they are allowed to sleep, but with guilt in the heart of the families that, okay, they're sleeping through Maghrib. Has it ever happened? That someone is extremely sick in your family, and it's time for Maghrib, and you're trying to wake them up, and they're not able to get up because they just managed to fall asleep after taking so much Tylenol. And then you wake them up, and they're not able to pray, or they pray with a lot of difficulty. So you let them sleep, and as you let them sleep, you have this guilt in your heart that I should be waking them up. So remember that ad-dinu yusr. Our deen is easy. If a person is sick, they can join Maghrib and Isha. And who said this? Ata said this. حدثنا محمد بن مهران قال حدثنا الوليد قال حدثنا الأوزاعي قال حدثنا أبو النجاشي صهيب مولى رافع بن خديج قال سمعت رافع بن خديج يقول he said كنا نصلي المغرب we used to perform Maghrib مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم meaning in the masjid فينصرف أحدنا so one of us would go back meaning go back to his house وإنه and indeed he لا يبصر surely he could see مواقع plural of Mawqa, the place of waqar, meaning the place of falling. Nablihi, of his arrows. Meaning if a person shot an arrow at that time, he could see it falling. So what does that mean? It wasn't completely dark. Because if it is completely dark and you shoot an arrow, then you don't know where it's going. You don't know where it's landing. So basically what we learn from this is that the Prophet ﷺ, he performed Maghrib Salah early meaning immediately after the sunset. حدثنا محمد بن بشار قال حدثنا محمد بن جعفر قال حدثنا شعبة عن سعد عن محمد بن عمر بن الحسن بن علي قال he said قدم الحجاج حجاج came meaning حجاج came as the leader of Mecca and this was when Abdullah bin Zubayr was killed فسألنا so we asked Jabir ibn Abdullah we asked Jabir ibn Abdullah about what? about the prayers their timings. Because Hajjaj bin Yusuf and many other leaders at that time, what was their habit? They would delay the prayers beyond their proper times. So the people, they were upset, they were disturbed. So they went to Jabir bin Abdullah and they asked him about the proper timings. فَقَالَ So he said, كَانَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ The Prophet ﷺ, he used to يُصَلِّ الظُّهُرَ He used to perform the zuhur when? بِالْهَاجِرَ At midday. وَالْعَصْرَ and عَصْرَ وَالشَّمْسُ نَقِيَّةِ While the sun was نَقِيَّةِ What does نَقِيَّةِ mean? كَمَا يُنَقَّ الثَّوْبُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الدَّنَسِ To be clean, to be white. To be clean and white. So نَقِيَّةِ meaning it would still be white. Meaning, you know, as the sun, as it draws closer to sunset, as the time of sunset draws near, you see the redness, the yellowness appearing. It becomes more orange. So 
they said the Prophet ﷺ, he used to perform asr when the sun would still be white. وَالْمَغْرِبَ إِذَا وَجَبَتْ And maghrib when wajabat it became wajib, meaning as soon as the time for maghrib would come in, meaning at the time of sunset. وَالْعِشَاءَ And عِشَاءَ أَحْيَانًا وَأَحْيَانًا Meaning at different times. How? إِذَا رَآهُمْ When he saw them, اجتمعوا All the people are there. عَجَّلَ He would perform isha early. وَإِذَا رَآهُمْ أَبْطَ And when he saw that they were taking their time, then أَخَّرَ Then he would defer it. So basically he left it to the convenience of people. If everybody was there, then he would perform isha. He would perform it early. But if the people had dispersed after Maghrib and they were taking their time coming, then what would he do? He would defer until the people came. وَالصُبْحَ And the subh meaning morning prayer, كَانُوا they used to أَوْ كَانَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ يُصَلِّيهَا بِغَلَسْ He would perform the fajr prayer at ghalas. Ghalas meaning when it was still dark. And remember we learned earlier that by the time the Prophet ﷺ would end the prayer, a person could then recognize the one sitting next to him. That, oh, it's you. Because before it was completely dark. They couldn't tell who was sitting next to them. But after Fajr prayer, they could see one another. So again, Fajr prayer the Prophet ﷺ used to perform early. So in this hadith, what do we know about Maghrib prayer? Ida wajabat. As soon as it becomes wajib, meaning immediately after sunset. Our problem is that we go by the clock. We say, oh, it's only been 10 minutes. It's only been 15 minutes. It's only been 20 minutes. Risha is an hour from now. No. We have to follow the sunnah. And what is a sunnah? As soon as the time enters, perform the prayer. Risha, the Prophet ﷺ, what did he do? Depending on what was convenient for the people. Sometimes early and sometimes late. حدثنا المكي بن إبراهيم قال حدثنا يزيد بن أبي عبيد عن سلمة قال هزار كنا نصلي مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المغرب إذا توارت بالحجاب We used to perform Maghrib with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم when the sun توارت حتى إذا توارت What does توارت mean? It concealed okay, It hid بالحجاب by the veil meaning until it was concealed by the veil Which veil is this? The earth because when the sun is setting, it's as though it is going behind something. So the veil of the earth, the sun, when it would go behind it, meaning the sun had completely set, completely disappeared from the sky, that is when the Prophet ﷺ would perform Maghrib. So this shows to us how important it is to look at these things, to look at the sun rising, to look at the sun setting, to look at the red glow in the sky, because this is what tells you, you know, when you should perform a particular prayer. Right? But we just go by the clock. We don't even look out the window. So it's necessary that we do that sometimes. So we can understand these texts at least. حدثنا آدم قال حدثنا شعبة قال حدثنا عمرو بن دينار قال سمعت جابر بن زيد عن ابن أباس قال صلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سبعا جميعا وثمانيا جميعا He said the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم performed seven together and eight together. Seven meaning Maghrib and Isha together and eight together meaning Zuhur and Asr together. We learned about this earlier as well. And I would like to clarify this issue over here. Ata also said that Maghrib and Isha can be joined by who? By the person who is sick. So it shows to us that there are certain times in which a person is permissible to join Zuhur and Asr and Maghrib and Isha. The general principle is what? 
that a person must perform the prayer at its proper time. He should not get distracted by anything. The Prophet ﷺ, what did he say? If you're able to, la tughlabu. Don't be overcome by anything. Right? So this shows that every salah should be performed at its proper time. Salah comes first and everything else comes second. Right? That is of secondary importance. However, there are certain situations in which a person finds it difficult. And by difficult, I don't mean that he has to finish his dinner early or he has to cut short the conversation or leave from a party early. No. There are certain situations in which a person does not have any choice. And if he performs a prayer at its proper time, it will be extremely difficult. So in that case, he is allowed to join the prayers. What are those cases, inshallah, we'll identify them. But before that, what's the evidence of this? What's the proof of this? The statement of Ibn Abbas, which is also mentioned over here. And in Sahih Muslim, it is in more detail. Ibn Abbas, he said, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, has often combined the noon and the mid-afternoon prayers, meaning Zuhur and Asr prayers. And he also combined the Maghrib and Isha prayers. For no fear or travel. Generally in a state of fear, people would join the prayers. Or travel, people would join the prayers. But the Prophet ﷺ often joined. Why? For none of these two reasons. For some other reason. In another version, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ combined the Zuhr and Asr prayers and combined Maghrib and Isha prayers in Medina under no circumstances of fear or rain. And when he was asked why, he said because he wanted to remove hardship from his nation. Now, once we learned that, this is also in Muslim, that Ibn Abbas anhu he was once delivering a khutbah after Asr prayer until the sunset. So Maghrib came in. And what happened? It became so late that the stars began to appear in the sky. So basically the red afterglow is disappearing. And all of a sudden the people kept saying, Salah, As-Salah. And a man, he came to Ibn Abbas and said to him strongly, As-Salah, that stop what you're telling us and come on, lead the prayer now. So Ibn Abbas said, are you going to teach me the sunnah? He said, are you going to teach me the sunnah? I have seen the Messenger of Allah وسلم, combine the Zuhur and Asr prayers and combine Maghrib and Isha prayers. So the narrator, Ibn Shaqiq, he was a little uncomfortable about this, so he went to Abu Huraira and he asked him. And Abu Huraira also confirmed the statement of Ibn Abbas. So we see that Ibn Abbas didn't just narrate this, he also did amal on this. Now, Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, when Ibn Abbas said it was in Medina, it means that the Prophet ﷺ was not in any kind of journey. Ibn Taymiyyah also said that Ibn Abbas was not traveling, nor was there any rain when he did this. But he mentioned this narration as justification for combining his prayers. He knew that there was no rain, but Ibn Abbas was involved in something important for the Muslims as he was teaching the people what they needed to know about their religion. And he believed that if he stopped at that time and came down from the pulpit, the opportunity would be lost. So he deemed that the activity he was engaged in permitted him to combine the prayers as the Prophet ﷺ combined prayers in Medina without there being fear or rain, but for some other necessity. Now sometimes it happens that there is a huge class of like 600 people. Maghrib has come in. 
And especially in winter, we see that salah times are literally back to back. Maghrib has come in. Just now was the break for Asr. And now again, if people break from Maghrib, immediately as the time has come in, then what will happen? The teacher won't be able to teach. Right? Why? Because constantly there are breaks. So if he says, okay, we'll defer Maghrib half an hour. We'll give the break after half an hour, after 45 minutes. Why? Because there are so many people who are learning right now. And if he was to break immediately at Maghrib, it would take at least half an hour, 45 minutes for everybody to pray and come back. Alright? So Ibn Abbas, what did he do in this situation? He deferred Maghrib until it was almost Isha time. Allahu A'lam, he may have performed it with Isha. So we see that when there is a necessity because of which deferring the prayer, joining the prayer would be easy, then there's no harm in joining the prayers. This doesn't mean that for every little thing we start doing this. This is like, for instance, a person has a three-hour long exam. These days, let's say, it is from 1.30 till 4.30. They pray Zohar before going in. Now their Asr, if they pray after the exam, they might miss it. Okay, because getting out of the examination hall and going and doing wudu and performing the salah, they might even miss it. Okay? So in this situation, what can they do? Ideal would be, take a break from your exam and go pray. But, will it always be possible? What if the exam is really long and very difficult and the three hours are also not enough? So in that case, every single moment is necessary. This is not a normal situation. So in this case, if the person says, let me pray my asr with my zuhr and then go in for my exam. Can they do that? Yes, they can. Will they do this for every single exam? For the sake of convenience? No. They will do this only when this when this is a necessity. Likewise, you could be... Recently, I was at a government building. And I was there for several hours. And what happened? The time for Zuhur came in. And by the time I would get home, it would be almost Maghrib. So I asked if they could give me you know, some corner, if I could pray. They said, no. We have no free space over here. And I saw myself, there were multiple rooms, but I guess they didn't want to cooperate, so I didn't, I didn't push them. So what happened? I went outside and I prayed salah. But the ground was wet and it was extremely windy. It was extremely cold. Hardship, right? And I was also taking a very big risk because while I was outside, if my number was called, I could have missed what I had been waiting there for so many hours. Now, in this case, what could I have done? For ease, for itmitnanul qalb, you know, so that I could also pray with khushur, what would be easy? To join zuhur and asr. That after I'm done with my work, I could go and perform zuhur and asr. Right outside the building, okay, I could join them. But I had to go pray zuhur, and afterwards I had to go pray asr. Twice I had to go and pray outside in the cold. Now this was an unusual situation. Could I have joined the prayers? I could have, because this was not a normal situation. Alright? Now, there are times when the time is literally back to back. It's not enough. And you are engaged in something extremely urgent. So in these situations, you can join the prayer. Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, all the ahadith indicate that he combined prayers to make things easy for his people. Therefore, combining prayers is permissible if otherwise there would be some hardship that Allah had lifted from his nation. Combining prayers due to extreme illness. So for example, a person is extremely ill and their illness is only getting worse. Like for example, old age is all the more permissible. 
somebody told me that they know of a lady who is extremely old and she has hired someone to please come and pray my salah with me because I forget. I forget to pray and during my salah I forget. So please come do this work for me and also help me with my salah. Now think about it for someone to be available to help another like this. Can they help them for all five prayers? It would be difficult. So if they come for Fajr, and they come for Zuhur Asr together, and they come for Maghrib Isha together, five trips are reduced to three trips. Is that reasonable? Yes. Would it be easy on that old person also? Yes, it would be easy. So in that case, it is permissible to join the prayers. Also, the same applies to the one who cannot maintain his purity for two prayers. Like the woman who's bleeding continues past her menstrual cycle and the like. So for example, a woman has istihaba. And she wishes to perform ghusl before the prayers. So if she is performing ghusl before every prayer, very difficult. But if she joins the prayers, zuhur, asr, and maghrib, isha together, okay, and she performs ghusl before performing the prayers, that is perfectly fine. At the same time, we have a saying from Umar ibn Khattab anhu that combining of two prayers without an excuse is one of the grievous sins. It is a serious sin without an excuse. So a person says, well, I'm shopping. I'm just going to combine the prayers. Otherwise, I'm going to miss out on these deals. No, that's not a genuine reason. You can stop, pray at the mall and go back. Joining the prayers for the purpose of shopping, that's not a genuine reason at all. Now, some stated that if combining the prayer in Arafah is permitted, how? Maghrib, the time for Maghrib comes in. But what do you do? You leave and you perform Maghrib Isha together. Why? To give more chance for pilgrims to increase the supplication. Because you keep making dua, right? Until Maghrib. And also at Arafah you join Zuhur and Asr. Why? So that they can increase the supplication and listen to the khutbah. Then it is also similar to the permissibility of combining the prayer for need. But remember, as long as it is not taken as a habit. Now the question is, how do you join the prayers? How do you join the prayers? Some said that you defer zuhur until almost asr time. So you perform zuhur then, and as soon as zuhur ends, basically asr has begun. So you follow with asr. Same thing with maghrib. You defer maghrib until the maghrib time is almost ending, you perform maghrib and immediately perform isha afterwards. But others disagreed with this. They refused this opinion. Because I said the purpose of combining the prayer was to remove difficulty from the ummah. To wait until the end of the first prayer and perform the next one immediately without delay is not something easy and will not suit the purpose. And besides, that is not jamr either. Are you combining the prayers? You're not combining them. You're performing zuhur in its time and asr in its time. Maghrib in its time and isha in its time. Just zuhur is late and maghrib is late, but technically it's still within its time. That's not jamr. It doesn't fulfill the purpose. So this shows that jamr can be done. How? For zuhur and asr, from the time that zuhur begins until Asr ends. For Maghrib and Isha, from the time that Maghrib begins until Isha ends. So you can pray both the prayers early or you can perform them later, depending on what is convenient. Ideal is that each salah is performed at its proper time. But when it is difficult for a person, last time we discussed that if there is a 10-year-old child who has to stay up until 11 o'clock to pray Isha, and then again wake up in a couple of hours to perform Fajr, it won't be possible. The child won't be able to develop the habit of performing salah. So in that case, can he join Maghrib with Isha? Yes, he can. 
there is no harm. Likewise, an old woman, an old man, can they join? Maghrib and Isha, a sick person, can they join? Yes, they can. However, remember that the ulama have said it should not be taken as a habit. So, just because the child is performing Maghrib and Isha together during the weekdays because they have school, doesn't mean they should also be doing that on the weekend. Okay? And gradually they should be trained. They should be trained. So for example, one day they are made to take a nap during the day. And then they are made to pray Isha on time. If not 11 o'clock, okay, then 10.45. So gradually they should be led to that which is best. So it should not be taken as a habit. So in conclusion, what do we learn? It is permissible to combine the prayers for a valid reason, but it should not be a habit. Ibn Baz, he said, he wrote on Fathul Bari, which is the Sharh of Sahih Bukhari, that the best way to view the hadith is to understand that the Prophet ﷺ combined between the said prayers, particularly that day, for some hardship, whether it was sickness, extreme cold, mud, or something else. So it was an unusual situation. Hardship of that day. Now sometimes you are traveling, and by the time you reach home from a different city, it's Maghrib time. As you're entering the city, it's Maghrib time. And your children are there, they're crying, they're exhausted, long drive. And if you say, okay, masjid is 10 minutes drive from here, we should take a different route, go to the masjid first, perform Maghrib salah, and then go home. Would that be easy on the family? It won't be easy. Would that be easy on you? No, it won't be. So, okay, by the time you get home, Maghrib is a little late, but it's not a big deal. Why? Because it's an unusual situation. Best is that you stop and pray and you will get your reward for that, for your effort. But remember that religion is easy. And when we make it hard on ourselves and on others, then what happens? What are we doing? Basically, we're discouraging ourselves and others from practicing the religion. Because sometimes it happens that when we become so forceful and we force our husbands that, no, no, first go to the masjid. And even though it's getting really late, we still have to go. And I don't care if the children are crying. We have to go to the masjid and pray. So we have to perform the salah. Is your husband going to be supportive? Are your children going to be supportive? No. They're just going to become more and more averse to the deen. Combining doesn't mean you shorten the prayer. No, you perform it in full. So for example, if a person is sick, they had a surgery, and they're on medication, and they're sleeping, you go wake them up and pray? No. You let them sleep, wake them up, at Isha time, they perform their Maghrib full and their Isha full. Not shortened. Joined, but not shortened. Bab, man kariha an yuqala lil Maghrib al Isha. Man kariha, the one who disliked, an yuqala, that it is called, lil Maghrib, Maghrib prayer, al Isha'u Isha. Meaning those who dislike the calling of Maghrib prayer, Isha. Is it allowed to call Maghrib Isha? Isha is evening. So if somebody refers to the Maghrib prayer by calling it Isha, is that okay? It's not okay. Why? Because we should stick to the names that Allah and His Messenger have taught us. We should not mix up the names. Why? Because the names, they're meaningful. Aren't they? So for example, Maghrib. Is it a meaningful name for that salah? Yes. Because what does it mean? At the time of sunset, meaning as soon as the sun sets, immediately after you pray. Risha, night, later. Okay? So, remember that the names are meaningful. So because of this reason, we should not make up our own names. And at the same time, we should not mix up the names which Allah and His Messenger have taught us. 
حدثنا أبو معمر هو عبد الله بن عمر قال حدثنا عبد الوارث عن الحسين قال حدثنا عبد الله بن بريدة قال حدثني عبد الله المزني أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لا تغلبنكم الأعراب that the Arab, the Bedouin Arabs should not overcome you ala on ismi salatikumul maghrib over the name of your prayer which prayer? maghrib Qala he said the narrator he said wal-a'rabu taqulu hiya al-isha the a'rab they used to call maghrib prayer isha so the Prophet ﷺ told the people don't let this overcome you meaning don't start following them don't let them make the name Risha for Maghrib so popular that you forget the actual name for Maghrib prayer is Maghrib and not Risha. So what does this teach us? Another important lesson which is that don't let the words, the habits of other people affect you, influence you. Especially when they're not positive. When they're positive, that's a different thing altogether. But when they're negative, then no. Don't let them overpower you. Don't let them overcome you. باب ذكر العشاء والعتمة ومن رآه واسعا ذكر العشاء The mention of عشاء والعتمة and عتمة And those who saw the matter to be wasir Vast meaning permitted That it is permissible to call عشاء عشاء And it is also permissible to call it عتمة With regards to Maghrib what do we know? Only Maghrib you can't call it عشاء But when it comes to عشاء prayer Can you call it عشاء and can you call it عتمة? Can you? If it's proven by the sunnah. Now remember that Isha has also been called Al-Atama. This name was not necessarily given by the Arab, but we see that even the Prophet ﷺ used this name. And many companions also used this name, Atama. Just like Fajr. It has also been called Subh. Isha has been called Akhirah also. The last prayer. Okay? So, the names... Different names, they may be used, but they must have some basis. And we should not mix up the names, interchange the names, because that will create confusion in the people. If you start calling Maghrib Isha, then what will happen? People will think it's the same prayer. And the meaning of Atam, Atama, it's basically from Atam, and Atam is to defer. Defer something that is specified. And Isha is called Atama, especially when it is delayed. Because remember that sometimes the Prophet ﷺ performed Isha early and sometimes he, what did he do? He delayed it, depending on what was easy for the people. So when it is delayed, then it is especially called Atama. Basically, it is said that Atama is the uh, milk that remains in the udder of the she-camel. Basically, after sunset in the evening, when the people would milk the camel, sometimes they would leave some milk, meaning they would not fully uh, take all the milk out. They would leave some for later. Okay, they would leave some for later. So that was called atama. So from this, when Isha was not prayed early, rather it was deferred for a later part of the night. That's why Isha was called atama. Qala Abu Huraira, ani Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, athqalu salati ala al-munafiqina al-isha wal-fajr. The heaviest of prayers on the hypocrites are which ones? Isha and Fajr. Waqala and he said, "Law ya'lamuna ma fi al-atamati wal-fajr." And he said, "If they only knew the reward that is in atama and fajr." So he called Isha atama. Qala Abu Abdullah, Abu Abdullah meaning Bukhari, Imam Bukhari, he said, "Wal-ikhtiyaru an yaqula al-isha." Better 
is that it should be called Isha. Why? لِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى وَمِنْ بَعْدِ صَلَاةِ الْعِشَاءِ In the Qur'an, in Surah An-Nur, what do we learn? After Salat Al-Ishaa, Salat Al-Aurat Al-Lakum, the times of privacy. You remember? Where the rules of istidan are given. So Imam Bukhari said, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word Ishaa, this is why we should also use the word Ishaa. However, if Atama is used, that's also not a problem because the Prophet ﷺ used the word Atama. وَيُذْكَرُوا عَنْ أَبِي مُوسَى قَالَ كُنَّا نَتَنَاوَبُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ We used to take turns. عِنْدَ صَلَاةِ الْعِشَاءِ فَأَعْتَمَ بِهَا We used to take turns in performing Salat al-Isha with the Prophet ﷺ. And one night, what did he do? أَعْتَمَ بِهَا He deferred it. وَقَالَ ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ وَعَائِشَةُ Ibn Abbas and Aisha said, أَعْتَمَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ بِالْعِشَاء He deferred Isha. وَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ عَنْ عَائِشَةَ أَعْتَمَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ بِالْعَتَمَ In another version, Atama has been said. وَقَالَ جَابِرٌ كَانَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ يُصَلِّ الْعِشَاء He performed Isha. وَقَالَ أَبُوْ بَرْزَ كَانَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ يُؤَخِّرُ الْعِشَاءَ He deferred عِشَاءَ وَقَالَ أَنَسٌ أَخَّرَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ عِشَاءَ الْآخِرَةَ So we see another name over here. The last. وَقَالَ ابْنُ عُمَرَ وَأَبُوْ أَيُّوبَ وَابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ صَلَّ النَّبِيُّ the one in the Qur'an. Because every time you say it, inshallah, you also get the reward of reward of 10 good deeds for every letter. حَدَّثَنَا عَبْدَانُ قَالَ أَخْبَرَنَا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ قَالَ أَخْبَرَنَا يُونُسْ عَنِ الزُّهْرِيِّ قَالَ سَالِمٌ أَخْبَرَنِي عَبْدُ اللَّهِ قَالَ صَلَّى لَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ اللَّيْلَةً The Prophet وسلم, he performed the prayer for us one night. Which prayer? Salat al-Isha. Isha, the one that people call Atama. Thumman Sarafa, then he went, Faqbala Alayna, then he came to us, Faqala, so he said, Araitum, did you see, meaning tell me, Akhbirni, Laylatakum Hadihi, this night of yours, have you thought about this? Tell me, Fa'inna Ra'sa Mi'ati Sanati Minha, for indeed Ra'sa at the head of Mi'ati Sanatin. A hundred years, minha from it, meaning from tonight. So in other words, a hundred years from tonight. Have you thought? La yabqa, he will not remain. Mimman, from those who, huwa ala wahril ardi, he is on the surface of the earth, ahadun, anyone. Have you thought about this? A hundred years from tonight, no one who is alive today will remain alive. Meaning within a hundred years, all the people who are alive tonight will be dead by then. They will be gone by then. Have you reflected on this? Have you thought about this? And man huwa ala dhahril ard, it refers to people. Not the jinn. Okay? Not the angels. Not some other creatures. But it refers to who? The human beings. It doesn't even refer to the jal. Because the jal... Even though he's a man, Allahu A'lam of what kind of nature, and even though he is alive today, and from Hadith and Muslim we learn that he is jailed on one of the islands, okay, he's not included in this. But this is a general statement that have you thought about is that none of the people who are alive today will be alive a hundred years from now. So he's making the people reflect that our time is very short. 
We think we'll be here forever. No, we're not going to be here forever. Think about it. A hundred years from now, none of us will be alive. Allahu alam. If any one of us will be alive. Two hundred years, definitely none of us will be alive. So what are we waiting for? So in this hadith, what do we see? The Prophet ﷺ, he performed Isha, and the Isha prayer has been called Atama. So different names can be used. Inshallah, we'll conclude over here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, nashadu wa ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.